the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. We are presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen. Today's episode, week 13, NFL best bets. We've got the regular crew back to give out their best bets for what is 14 games over the course of Sunday and Monday. Brandon Anderson, Luke Swain, a.k.a. Vegas Refund on Twitter and over in the app. They are back. Jill Gallant, mighty and strong after hanging out last week for Thanksgiving. So, fellas, we are 180 games into the NFL season. Two teams on the bye, Cardinals and Panthers. Underdogs hitting at a 56% clip. Favorites of seven or more. We've got four of those this week. Ravens, Browns, Seahawks, and Cowboys. They're covering at just a 37% clip. And unders are still rolling, hitting at 57%. That is a long way of setting up the picks, which are coming your way in moments. Four, four, and one week last week. Brandon hit on Steelers Monday night. We are 60, 45, and three for the year. As a show, you can find the picks from today's show over at Action Network NFL Picks. The Sunday six-pack from Raybon and Stucky also stored there. So Brandon Anderson will go first as usual now that he's back. As a reminder, first, these guys have not consulted one another before today's episode. So we may have crossover. We may have contradictions. That's all good. So Brandon, start us off. First best bet for week 13. I like the Tennessee Titans. I will take the Titans plus four and a half on the road in Philly. I think this is a great underdog spot to back Tennessee. So you look at Philadelphia. Obviously, they started out hot. They won all the games. Then they laid the egg against Washington. So now just these last three weeks, they've played Washington, Indianapolis, Green Bay, basically straight up, pretty even-handed all three of those games. By DVOA, the Eagles are only 17th, so below league average these last three weeks. The, The defense has fallen off, and the run defense, I think, has really been exposed. We've seen as teams don't get killed early and they hang around, They're able to run the ball. They're able to hang in these games against the Eagles. So enter the Titans, who love to run the football. Derrick Henry built for the underdog script. And the Titans have been even better in the first quarter, in the first half, than the Eagles. So Titans hang around. They they neuter that Eagles' great start a little bit. You get Henry against the bad run defense. And then you get the great Titans defense also. Titans are number one in run defense this year. So that's the team you want to have up against Philadelphia with their rushing attack. The Titans really just, for the most part, held the Bengals in check last week, who are absolutely red hot on offense. Tennessee is number one defense in play success rate on the season. So I just think this sets up as a really, really nice underdog spot for Tennessee. And no rah-rah, but Mike Vrabel has been a great underdog coach as well. When he is a three-point underdog or longer, 21 and seven ATS lifetime, 75% cover rate. And you probably want to play the money line a little bit here as well, because in those games, 19 and nine straight up with a 98% 
ROI on the uh, on the money line there, including eight and three straight up since the start of last season as a three point dog or longer. So I think it's a great spot for the underdog. Titans hanging around early. I smell an upset. I'll take the Titans plus four and a half. To your point on the first half spread, they are nine and two against that number this season. The Titans. So if they can hang around, it makes it interesting. And Brandon is on a public side. Money is coming in on the Titans. 92% of the money on Tennessee to cover against the Eagles. Let's go to Jill, your first best bet. Yeah, I'm going to take a look at the uh, NFC East. I'm going to take the Commanders at uh, minus two and a half. Nice little short favorite on the road. Um going to ride the streak here with Taylor Heineke. I mean, 7-0-1 ATS in his last eight starts. I mean, if you go back even just to last season, uh, last 14 starts, 11-2-1 against the spread. And a lot of the strengths for the Washington really just match up well with New York. Like their defense, their eighth overall in rush yards, third in uh, rushing touchdowns. You know, their defensive line is their strength. They get, um, they're expecting uh, Chase Young back this week. That should give them another little boost on the defensive line. And that's really what the Giants like to do is run the ball with Saquon and Daniel Jones. And if they're neutralized in that, they're going to be difficult to put up some points from Daniel Jones and the Giants because they're bottom five in pass attempts, uh, you know, so and just also uh, bottom five in, in, in passing touchdowns. So really just with this Giants team, like, I don't know about you guys, but I just haven't really seen much from them uh, after that win over the Packers in London. Like they've gone three and three, but. I mean, you could argue they should be like one in five. Like, I mean, I'll give them the Texans win just because Houston is terrible. But uh, I just have not seen very much that is impressive by the Giants over these last few weeks. And uh, another uh, trend uh, from our Evan Abrams uh, in our betting primer that he does every week for Action Network. Uh, Daniel Jones and the Giants are two and eight straight up and four and six against the spread on extended rest in uh, their career. So that means the opponent has more time to, uh, well, not necessarily, but I guess it gives Daniel Jones more time to overthink things, perhaps, when <laughs> yeah. he uh, when he gets ready for a game. Ways that he could turn the ball over. Larger percentage of the bets are on the Giants. 65% of the total bets coming in, but more of the handle on Washington to cover. That's about even right now on the Action app. Luke, what's up? What do you got? Your first best bet. First one's going to be Jets plus three at the Vikings, which this is just going to be somewhat of a fate of the Vikings team who continues to make comebacks and win coin flip games um, where in games that they have played elite defenses, which were the Cowboys, Eagles, and Commanders, let's say, Cousins put up three, seven, and 20 points. Um, Now, I know they put up 30-plus last week against the Patriots defense, which – many can consider elite, but I think this is the Patriots defense very similar to last year that they've looked a lot better than who they actually are just beating up on bad teams. Um, So I'm actually taking that win last weekend, last week with the grain of salt in terms of for the Vikings. Um, And if there's an elite group on this, in this game, it is the Jets defense. Um, And I truly do believe in this Jets defense. I think they are a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. Um, I am a little bit concerned that the Mike White Mike White hype is like at an all time high where you're like almost like buying high on them, uh, but at the same time, like I just don't believe in this Vikings team equally. Um, so I guess they could cancel out Vikings secondary made Mac Jones look elite. I have no qualms about it making Mike White look elite as well. Um, so Jets plus three. I actually think they just, they stomp them, but um, I'll play it safe and take the plus three. 
Jets are scoring 28 a game in White's four starts. They are 4-1 and one on the road this season against the spread. So the Mike White hype, we'll see if it continues. He has put up points, uh, as we mentioned, in his starts. Go back to Brandon, second best bet. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. Minus one at home against the Jaguars. Plus one at some books still. They've kind of been bouncing right around back and forth. Underdogs, short uh, or short favorite at others. But I like him either way. I think Detroit should be maybe like a field goal favorite here. So the buzz right now is all Jacksonville. They got the big win. They took down my look ahead team. They got the upset over the Ravens. Trevor Lawrence was fantastic down the stretch, made great throws, got the comeback. They got the two pointer, but I don't think I take a lot away from that game. Jacksonville needed 10 or 15 things to go right in that game. They had fourth down conversions late. They were trailing by nine with six minutes left. They're trailing by seven in the final minute. And those things count too. It matters that you are behind by that much and need the big comeback. Jacksonville's defense started the year well, but last six weeks, they're down to 30th in DVOA. So everyone's hyped about the Jaguars. I think actually the Lions are the team people should be getting excited about. The young team that everyone was excited about the start of the year. Then they went one and six. Don't forget, though, if not for that Buffalo Thanksgiving comeback, Detroit would be on a four-game winning streak right now, and the Lions are playing pretty good football. They were the terrible defense early. Then they came out of the bye and got that young defense together a little bit. Since the bye week, Detroit's up to 14th in DVOA defensively. So not great, but that's a lot better than 31st or 32nd where they were before. And they had that middle stretch of the season where the offense disappeared. Well, it turns out that may have just been Amon Ross St. Brown. He's really become kind of the Cooper Cup for this team and security blanket out there. In games where he's played the majority of the snaps, Detroit's offense is sixth in DVOA. They're top eight passing, top five running all season. If you have a sixth rated offense and a 14th rated defense, that's basically the Bengals for the season. Like That is a pretty good football team. Detroit is at home. They're a good team. They're better on offense and defense right now. Jared Goff in these early kickoffs. We know that's been a good spot for him. 24 and 13 ATS lifetime, 65% versus only 47% cover rate in all the other games for Goff. So I think, well, to say I think the wrong team is favored. I don't know who's favored. Whoever it is, I will take the Lions. I might even look to take like an alternate Lions line to, I think they win pretty comfortably here. They're a much better team. On our daily show earlier in the week, you gave out Lions plus one. So the line has flipped since. I think this was even. Pl- I mean, like you mentioned, you can go to different books and you'll see it in a variety of uh, in fa- a variety of fashions. But yes, uh, earlier today you you found Lions plus one. Loki had something. And I, the, I mean, the Jags hype is like real, and I think I said it on your look ahead, Brandon. Like just weird things happen in Jacksonville. I mean, you got people freaking swimming in the stands. Like, like that was just like a weird game. Um, we're like going to Detroit, like to me just makes a huge difference. And like, I love Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I used to work for the Jaguars, um, but I, yeah, I, I, this is a, I totally get this one. What'd you do for the Jaguars? Uh, I was selling sweets. Oh, so nice. that's why you bring up the pools. Nice. I, I yeah, pools were not cheap either. Um, I was selling pools, thirteen grand <laughs> for a pool. Maybe I should. Maybe I, I shouldn't have asked you what you did there because you mentioned how things <laughs> get weird there, and you mentioned you worked there. So. I mean, 
That's funny. He said he was he said he was selling sweets. And here's my naivete. I, I translated that to like little little like teenager Luke selling candy in the in the concession stand. Uh, Wrong no. kind of sweets for me. <laughs> wow. That 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 laugh tells you everything you need yeah. to know. Let's go to Jill now. Board of Georgia games that are there. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not trying to sell you a pool uh, on this one. I will sell you an over uh, for Chargers Raiders. Uh, I'm going to take over 50 and a half. I, I think this is going to be a probably the, one of the highest scoring matchups of the week. And I think it was because part of the reason why I wanted to look at the over as well is I could kind of make a case for both sides. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to take the Chargers. And then I realized, wait a minute, I'm going to actually wager actual dollars on the chargers like it, it no it, not when the chargers could actually just charge her right in front of your face and completely blow this game and, and to be honest like neither defense could stop anybody and i think the raiders in general just their defense and the way that they're able to just kind of keep up in games uh you're kind of seeing why an overtrend is hitting when it's at allegiant stadium like uh overs are 14 6 and 1 since the start of 2020 uh, all games in vegas and both of these defenses they allow over 25 points per game uh you know last game at allegiant stadium last year we saw that week 18 matchup where it went right down to the wire 35 to 32 uh i think both teams could easily put up 30 points if you just even look at the recent matchups like last week against the uh, seahawks you know that came down to a 40 33 uh josh jacobs touchdown run at the end of the game josh jacobs uh did uh practice in limited fashion so he is expected to play in this game but uh you know you monitor that injury but i think uh if he plays especially with the way that this chargers run defense is I think this game is going to comfortably go over 50 and a half. Okay, some good, some good notes there. Chargers this season are 5-5-1 five, five and one to the over. And the Raiders this season are 6-4-1. and one. Money is coming in on the over. I would imagine you got to get this soon, Jill, right? Because could, couldn't this climb, seeing that the way the money's coming in and – it's almost too good to be true. It is, but at the same time, uh, you know, there are just some injuries I think people are monitoring yeah. right now. So maybe it might get up to 52 and a half by kickoff. I doubt it, though. I think uh, I think it'll probably stay 50-51 is probably the range. Okay. My, like my only concern with that one, like in normal circumstances, I love this, but what the Raiders are coming off, what, two overtime games in a row? This is true. I think one of them was in London, maybe in London, I forget. Or one was in Denver's, the altitude. So you just have to wonder if they're just totally gassed. Um, yep. But like, if they're not, like this will fly over. Yep. Adams walk off, and then the other walk off, which was last week. Good point. All right, we'll go to uh, we'll go to Luke. Second best bet. So my second one's gonna be Steelers, a pick'em at Atlanta, um, which this really is another one where you have a Steelers team that has gone against the strongest, the toughest strength of schedule in terms of defense of the defenses that they've faced. Um, and Pickett has looked a lot better since the bye week. Um, and now you go to an Atlanta team, which this will be their first game indoors against a defense that ranks 28th in the league in EPA per play. Um, so this will be like you're in a batter's box with like a donut on your bat. And then you step into the box and you take the donut off and you can, and the bat feels as light as possible. Like this is like what I'm picturing uh, where Kenny Pickett's going to win a DFS tournament one of these times um, for someone. And this could be that game that, he goes off, um, but like the Steelers are just just going back to the well. Um, and I, I continue to think with Watt being back that the market's underpricing them. Um, and we're just going to sell an Atlanta team that their secondary is just like just awful. Um, so, yeah, Steelers pick them. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Brandon, I, that, I like that's going to be music too. to your, your ears. 
Yeah, like Steelers. Used? Steelers was my uh, was my fourth pick here. I almost took them as well, and I'm already looking at the Steelers on the on the look ahead for next week too. Uh, I agree. They books just haven't cut up to the value yet here. The Steelers are playing well. Also, top five run defense since TJ Watt came back, and that's what you want against the Falcons specifically. You shut down the run; they're not going to do a lot against you. Marcus Mariota ain't going to save the day. <laughs> and uh, and I think and Najee I think is trending towards being out, which to me is like a total positive. Like he stinks. Like with Najee being out, like Jalen Warren's awesome. Um, the other two guys that put one against the Colts looked great. Like Najee being out is like a positive in my book. Um, is that Trent Richardson 2.0? Is that what it is? <laughs> Someone said this recently. It looks like he's been playing with a piano on his back, and like I know he's, <laughs> I know he's uh, been injured, but I don't know. I just don't. Yeah. The only thing I would say, just with the TJ Watt news, uh, obviously he's going to help shut down that run, but the secondary hasn't really been doing him any favors in the four games that he's played this year. They've still given up, uh, I believe nine passing touchdowns in those games. So it's just, it's one of those things that uh, he should be able to make a difference, but if the secondary isn't doing their part, then maybe Atlanta can score some points on this team. Yeah. Money is coming in on Pittsburgh on the, the bets total, as well as the, as well as the money. And I think, you mentioned the value in Pittsburgh. Folks aren't seeing the value. I think folks are still overvaluing what Atlanta was early in the year. 6-0 against the spread. The only remaining unbeaten team, or they were the final team to be unbeaten against the spread in the NFL. They're 1-5 since. And Brandon, that helps you too. If they take care of business, That what's the win total you bet in season on Pittsburgh? Was it 5.5? Uh, yes, 5.5, I believe. So I think if they get this one, then we're just one more away. That's right. Okay, why don't you get to our, our third best bet now? All right, well, I am going a little bit off the board here from what I usually do. This is not really a football pick necessarily. It's not a trends pick. This is a motivations pick and a gut <laughs> instinct pick. I'm going to the Deshaun Watson Bowl. Our guy Watson is back. And I'm going to Houston, and I am taking the 1-8-1 one, and one Houston Texans as a plus-7 underdog at home against the debut of Deshaun Watson. Look, this is Houston's Super Bowl. This is the game that they have had circled. I can't say since the schedule came out, since the suspension news came out, I guess, yeah. since he was ever so suspiciously suspended for 11 games so that he would debut in Houston. Oh, really? NFL, thanks for that, by the way. Look, motivation matters. You get a little extra push on a fourth and short. You might go for it a little more often on a, on a key fourth down that trick play you've been working on all year, this is the game you're, you're pulling it out for. That that fake punt or the fake field goal, this is the moment. You, Houston wants this game, I guarantee you, the way that things ended with Deshaun Watson. And I don't want to hear about the tank thing. Teams don't really tank in the NFL much anyway, but even if they need to, Houston is a game and a half up or down or whatever direction you want to call it. Houston is terrible. They're, they're a game and a half ahead of all the other teams. They can win this game and don't affect their draft position. In fact, don't forget, Houston has Cleveland's draft pick. So if Houston beats Cleveland, they actually help the draft pick for themselves because they make the Browns pick go even higher. That's from the Deshaun Watson trade, of course. Hmm. So look, here's the, the line is seven on the road. Deshaun Watson hasn't played a professional football game in 700 days from when he takes the field here. If he is, if this closes at seven, that would be the biggest line that Watson has ever been favored by on the road in his career. 
So we're taking a dude who hasn't played football for two years and giving him a touchdown favorite against still a professional football team. Only barely. It's the Texans. Still professionals for his career. Watson, 9-15 and 15 against the spread as a favorite. 38% cover rate. In his career, in his life, Deshaun Watson has covered twice as a road favorite ever. And we are making him the biggest road favorite of his career when he hasn't played with this team. He's practiced, I guess, for like a week. Look, we're upgrading the Browns here because Watson is a good football player. But the truth is the Browns offense has been great this year. The Browns offense wasn't the problem. Jacoby Brissett has played well. They're fourth in DVOA offense. They're fourth passing the football. I don't think they're really going to get better necessarily with Watson enough to jack this lineup like that. So I think actually I'd feel pretty good if it was Brissett in this game, just hand the ball off and run on a run, bad run defense and get out here with the win. I think Watson maybe kind of screws things up. Look, it's in Houston. It's where he's played his whole career. Supposedly people from the court case are going to be there at the game in the stands. It is a mess. I am happy to bet against Deshaun Watson. I think Cleveland wants this game. Or sorry, well, Cleveland, of course, does. I think Houston wants this game. I'm betting the Texans on principle. I've had this one circled since since we knew that this was the debut. Give me the plus seven. And oh, yeah, I got to sprinkle the plus 270 money line. Let's get the Texans a win here. I, I want this one. Can, can I ask what, if you don't know off the top of your head, it's fine. What was the look ahead last week? I don't think that it has moved much on this one. Okay. I, so, and that's the thing too, that's, I've been waiting. I haven't put this in the app yet because I'm like, come on, people are going to have to bet Cleveland, right? Everyone wants to bet Watson's back. It's only a touchdown. I only have to win by a touchdown. I keep waiting. It's kind of shady to me that, that that line hasn't moved at any book. It's minus seven everywhere. It hasn't budged all week long. Here's what I think. Minus seven I can tease minus seven down to minus one. I only need the Browns to beat the stupid Texans. I can tease down to one. Give me that one. That That is a teaser trap waiting to happen because mm. the Texans are going to beat Deshaun Watson in his debut. Bring it on. Wow. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that teaser is a great point because, I mean, at seven, it hasn't moved where, like, when a lot of the books move to, like, the eights and the nines, it's for teaser yep. protection where, like – it's interesting with how much action they're probably getting on Cleveland. They haven't moved for like teaser it's protection. Very trappy. Excellent point, Jill. You, you got a thought? I mean, hey, Brandon. He he mentioned the money line sprinkle, so you have to be okay with that. You have to be pleased with that. I am, and it's very uncoward like of him to mention that. I think it's just more <laughs> Kyle Allen guys. Like it, it just looked really, really bad. I mean, it was in Miami. I get the the elements, and but I mean, he could have had four interceptions in that game, guys. And it's not like the Dolphins defense is that. <laughs> great you know so the idea again going against this Browns defense you know some guys are trending towards playing some guys aren't you know that will probably impact it but I mean if if he starts turning the ball over this spread could get out of hand in a hurry so that's my only issue so I think for me it's either money line or nothing but I do respect the pick no matter what well as we said off the top of the show favorites of seven or more have covered just 37 percent of the time this season they are 16 26 and one in this spot, the Browns are a seven-point favorite. Also this year, home dogs of a touchdown or more, our Evan Abrams says this as well, are 7-0 against the spread. And to kind of tie it all up in a bow to Brandon's point, the only team in the NFL that has yet to win a home game this year, the Houston Texans. Everyone else has won a home game except them.
May as well change that one game. So (laughs) that's true too. But stop making my point not sound as good. But (laughs) but yeah, it it feels like it's right on a platter to either be trapped or to be a genius. They do have a tie, right? They have a tie at home. They have a tie with the Colts. Yes, which is even grosser. All right, let's go to Jill. I mean, I think that spent that game. It, it is fascinating. That game did deserve a little extra time, I think, because th- there's a lot. There's a lot to unwrap there, or a lot to, uh, yeah, untie there. Go ahead, Jill. Second bet, uh, last best bet. Yeah, I mean that probably has the biggest narrative aspect, just because it's bigger than football. It almost feels like, whereas the actual football narrative, where it could actually impact the AFC. Looking at the Chiefs versus the Bengals, uh, and I'm going to take the Chiefs first half money line. It's at minus one thirty, not the spread, just the money line. Uh, and the reason being is, I mean, if you just looked at those two matchups last year, and I don't want to just get caught up in past results, but for any, anybody just can't remember those games offhand, like in the first half, it looked like the chiefs were going to route them both times. Like they were up by double digits. I mean, in that playoff game, when McCall Hardman scored that third touchdown, you almost just thought that this was like, almost like a coronation for the chiefs to walk back to the super bowl and not so fast. The Bengals come back to win. And I Again, I hate to use the term motivation. I feel like the Texans you could use proper for motivation. I'm not sure if the Chiefs are really getting up, but at the same time, they are very aware of how those last two games played out. They're going to want to make a statement and make sure that people are are aware that they're going to get the one seed in the AFC. And then also when you look at the body of work for this season, outside of the divisional games, like the Chargers and Raiders, they played those games both pretty close, but every game that's been outside of division, there's six one and one straight up in the first halves in those games. And they score the fifth most points per game in the first half since he allows the 24th most points per game in the first half. So it just feels like one of those games that I am more trusting the chiefs uh, to get this done in the first half. Cause I don't really trust their defense that much to, to withstand, you know, a Joe Burrow offensive attack in the second half, you know, they're middle of the pack and second, second half scoring defense. Uh, but Bengals are fourth. And, you know, I think that's part of the reason why the Bengals are 15 and three ATS uh, in Joe Burrow's last 18 starts. So that's the only hang up of why I didn't love them full game. So give me the chiefs first half money line against. The yeah. Bengals. It, it's a real collision course here, right? Because you've got that excellent record as you brought up Jill, the against the spread numbers for Burrow. And then you've got Mahomes who's won 26 straight in November and December. Like on a short line too. On a short line. And that, and as we know, that short line is good news for Patrick Mahomes as a favorite of three or less, 17, five and one, three and a half or more under 500. Okay. Um, Luke, take us home. Final best bet. So my last one is going to be the Chiefs money line uh, okay. where Jill brought up a, a bunch of great points um, where I, I vividly remember them getting shut out in the second half last year. And I do think this year's version without Tyreek Hill of the Chiefs is a lot better than last year's. They might have been more dangerous last year um, in terms of like being more explosive. Uh, but like having like a second half shutdown, like to me like that like without Tyreek they've become more balanced across the board and it is a lot more difficult to shut them down instead of just having to shut down one guy and then they only it was like a tripod you take out one leg and it falls um which were the Chiefs last year where like this Chiefs team is just so impressive to me and anything under a field goal at this point right now um is just it's an easy bet um where like there really isn't a lot of analysis it's Patrick Mahomes under a field goal um where this is totally one that I would wait though. Um, Jamar Chase is the one that really matters where I don't know if you remember last week, the Bengals line like moved, I think like almost like a point and a half or two when everyone was expecting Jamar Chase to be back 
or it was up like Bengals minus three, I think it was, when everyone expected Chase to be back. And then when he was ruled out, it went down to one. Um, where right now you got Chiefs money line at like minus 130, and you would have to think that Jamar Chase is ruled he's playing. Um, it's going to come down um, and you'll just get better value where it, it's just really like, – it's just an easy Chiefs money line bet for me with at this number. Luke, I love the the analogies this week. The donut on the baseball bat, mm. the the tripod. These are good. These are these yeah. are nice. Really nice <laughs> visual. Yeah. Pulling the suites in Jacksonville. Today. Yeah. <laughs> yep. With, with got swimming during the game. <laughs> uh, All right. Good deal. I mean, um, it's yeah, it's a collision course with those two teams, and keeping an eye on the chase news is super important. Jill, you got a final thought? I was just going to point out too to to add to Luke's uh, point of why this team is a little bit different. You've seen now in second halves where they've been able to kind of withstand a team's best first punch and then just route a team in the second half, kind of like the way they did it against San Francisco uh, and the way that they came back against the Titans as well. So uh, again, I think both picks will hit, but again, it's Chiefs money line. I think is is a solid pick as well. All right, before we wrap up the show, we like to take a very quick look at next week's lines for week 14, because if we like any numbers now, we'll want to get on them before they adjust after this coming Sunday. Brandon, what do you got? So I love week 14. I I had a hard time finding the three games I like the most for this slate. I've got four look-aheads that I'm already eyeballing for next week. So make sure to watch the app, watch the article that comes out Friday. I'll have more of these. I mentioned Steelers earlier. I'm looking at Dolphins, looking at Raiders. I'll keep it easy for the podcast because I took the Titans earlier in the pod. I like the Titans against the Eagles, right? And I'm betting against the Jaguars. I like Detroit. Well, it turns out the Titans are playing the Jaguars next week. So that makes this a pretty easy read. Give me Tennessee at home, minus three and a half against Jacksonville. Now I have to contain myself a little bit here because this line seems so off to me and I don't want to go too crazy on it. Because you could literally play back the podcast from two weeks ago when I was like, the Jaguars are only three and a half point underdogs. What a terrible line. That was against Baltimore and Jacksonville won the game. So that didn't work out great for me. But it it really, at minus three and a half, I keep checking like, wait, are the Titans on the road here? No, they're at home. The Titans, who are a heavy division favorite, are at home. If the Titans do beat the Eagles or at least hang close there, and if Jacksonville loses to Detroit, maybe by a bunch, like I suspect they will, I think this line definitely rises. That's what we're looking for here with the look ahead. You look at these teams in the last 10 games they've played, the Titans beat the Jaguars nine out of 10, six times by double digits. Those nine wins are by 14.9 points a game. They've won five in a row against the team. They're just far better. I could give you the numbers, but you already know. You don't need the numbers. The Titans are way better than the Jaguars. The defense especially is trending up for Tennessee and bad for Jacksonville. Doug Peterson as a division underdog, three and seven against the spread. So not a great spot for him. I just want the Titans. I think that line's going to rise. This season, the Titans, they are three and zero against their division, and they've won each of those games by at least a touchdown. The Colts twice, and then earlier in the year as well against the Texans, they won by a touchdown. Rabel is so good. It's like incredible. <laughs> I, I think I would take him if I was like, if I had like, Pick of the letter on any any coach. Like I think I would say Rebel. He's you. You almost have him to thank. Just to go back to the Chiefs, you have him to thank. That penalty at the end is uncharacteristic of Tennessee. That's what to me what makes that money line number more attractive on the uh, on the Chiefs. Great point. 
Doesn't help either that uh, Derrick Henry has rushed for five touchdowns in last two games against Jacksonville as well. So I imagine he's probably going to have another big one against them. Okay, so here are the picks for week 13. Brandon is on the Titans this week, plus four and a half. Likes him next week as well, but he likes him this week, plus four and a half against Philadelphia. The Lions, minus one, and he's on the Texans, plus seven in Deshaun's return to Houston. Jill is on the Washington Commanders, minus two and a half. Chargers Raiders over 50 and a half. And he likes the Chiefs first half money line against Cincinnati. It's minus 130 right now on FanDuel. Luke is on the Jets plus three. Pittsburgh minus one. And he's also a fan of the Chiefs money line full game against the Bengals. That's going to do it, everybody, for the Action Network podcast, our week 13 best bets episode presented by FanDuel. Thanks to Brandon Anderson, Luke Swain, Joe Gallant. I'm Brendan Glasheen. Best of luck with all of your bets this weekend. We will see you again Monday morning for the recap episode right here on the Action Network podcast.